So now it's your Billy Big Balls showing off because you've done all right, yeah. or he's not even going to fucking offer. Do you know what I mean? So then you're a tight ass to some people, and it's like you can't win. So you start becoming lonely because there's very few people that you can talk to that get it. From GoFounder, it's Business Knobs. Why is it called Business Knobs, you might ask? Well, there might well be a few knobs on the podcast, me being one of them, but what it stands for is Business No Bullshit. This podcast series is all about the trials, tribulations, and occasional successes of starting and growing a business without the Hollywood filter. I'm Eddie Whittingham, and on today's show, I'm joined by Mike Winnett to talk candidly about his experience having sold his business for a seven-figure sum and the perception of success. There's a big buzz at the minute about being an entrepreneur, a successful business owner, you know, getting passive income or overnight success, side hustles, you name it. Even founders themselves are seeking celebrity-like status when they're just starting out often at a detriment to their own business. But the reality of it all is that it's an industry full of clever marketing gimmicks to make it all seem so easy, so alluring. The barrier to entry for so many things now is so low Mm -hmm. that anyone can set up a limited company in, in half an hour, an hour. It's so easy to do things that the quality has reduced so much. It's a saturated market and there's so much shit out there in all areas of life. I blame the internet for that and people buying insisting that you can do anything you want to do. As well as selling his business and now being the founder of I Am Productions, Mike's well known for his work on YouTube exposing entrepreneurs. They're those people you see telling you that you too can be an overnight millionaire. You just need to buy their course at a mere snip at $2,997 and then you too can have success. In this episode, we talk openly about that idea of seeking success, what selling our respective businesses has really been like, and some of the classic pitfalls of people blindly chasing success. We join the conversation when I've just asked Mike what his perception of selling the business really was, and did he deem that to be success? Is that success? Um, I successfully achieved one thing that I set out to do. But I don't see that that wasn't my end or ultimate goal with life. So in some ways, I think it's successful to other people. To me, it just felt like achieving something that I planned to set out and work backwards from. So um, I've said to you before when we spoke off camera, I always knew it was going to happen. So it wasn't a case of isn't that successful. It was just the thing that in my mind... I had already done. I was just on the path to doing it. If that makes sense. But that's not mood board style success that you thought you were going to do it, was it? Uh, no, no, um, I, no. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people use like, you know, I'm going to be successful no matter what. The and, law and of attraction and belligerently go after it, and it, and that can be a negative. Can't but they're it? wankers, aren't they? What it is is the law of action is far more powerful or is stronger than the law of attraction like you can stand there in the mirror and say i will be successful i will be a millionaire i will grow and scale and sell a business whatever that might be till you're blue or red in the face but if you're not going to actually do something to make them things happen then it's pointless and i think there's too many people that have fallen into that trap than actually think fuck reading another book or looking for another hack let's just go and do the tried and tested things that truly successful people that are almost like world recognized as leaders in business or whatever it might be that you're trying to get success in have done and very few of them say it was down to one hack one trick working four hours from the beach on the laptop uh, or anything like that the truly successful people in any walk of life whether it be the gym The Rock. The Rock doesn't watch YouTube videos trying to find one secret hack to building muscle. He just gets on with it, doesn't he? Arnie didn't do that. But we see those two people as some of the best in the fitness industry. Um, You've got business people that you recognize. Jeff Bezos. He's been doing that for God knows how many years. He's only just stepped down now. Do you think he was doing one one hour a week or working four hours a week? Or ice baths or 5.30 wake-ups? Or... No, no, but, you know, it's they are just things that a lot of people say because they think they have to say it because they've swallowed some bullshit pushed by 
the social media sort of guru and the self-appointed guru, in my opinion. No, there are there are some truths in it, and this is why it's annoying and difficult in my mind. Yes, if you get up two hours earlier in the morning, you now have two hours to do extra stuff. But if your two hours is pretending you've done stuff... If it's posting about it on LinkedIn, yeah, for example, you are spending that half an hour of, of those two hours posting on LinkedIn about utter tripe about the fact you got up and leaped out of bed. Yeah, you're just lying to yourself. Correct. And that was where the original idea of the word entrepreneur came from when I started doing my stuff because my stuff was like a parody of those people, yeah. like a bad business boss. Um, when I used to just post like the shit on LinkedIn that I used to do. And it, originally the idea was going to be online entrepreneurs that have conned people, even conned themselves into thinking they're an entrepreneur. They talk the talk, they don't walk the walk. That was the idea. I think that's that's not even restricted though to the traditional entrepreneurs. I see it in the whole startup community where they're, they've almost conned themselves that they are, because I don't particularly like the word entrepreneur, but they've conned themselves that that's what they are yeah. by having a business which blindly chases investment, for example, rather than profit. Mad, they, they? Yeah, absolutely. And, but they think that's success. And it's like, well, that's not success because you're just burning through someone else's money while you're pretending to build a business. You're not building a proper business. A bu- business is no. meant to be profitable. But this is the thing now. With people going and getting investment, there's so many ways. Again, like I, I mentioned this uh, um, previously when we've been talking to people, the barrier to entry for so many things now is so low mm-hmm. that anyone can set up a limited company in, in half an hour, an hour. Anyone can set up a GoFundMe. Anyone can set up um, their business on a crowdfunding site. Yeah. It's so e- Anyone can make a fucking rap track in their bedroom. Do you know what I mean? It's so easy to do things that the quality has reduced so much. It's a saturated market and there's so much shit out there in all areas of life. I blame the internet for that and people buying insisting that you can do anything you want to do yes but if you're searching for that content you're probably not going to be that person but with the investment thing if you are going to be successful in my opinion you are more likely to be successful if it is your own money you are spending to achieve that thing or your salary or wage you're going to pay yourself at the end of a month two months three months is based on how much you sell of the thing that you do Having no money in your bank account or spending your own money is a far bigger motivator than being, hey, we just raised £2 million worth of investment. What do you think you're going to pay yourself with in month two, three, four, five, six? Six. Yeah, nearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we see that a lot though, don't we? Because we see, you know, someone gets £2 million investment and they're whacking themselves fifty hundred grand a year and it's like, but the business isn't profitable yet. Yeah, you, you, and you, I would you, I would love to see the stats where if you've got investment, how likely are you to succeed? And I would guess, and I don't know this, I'm no, just throwing it out there, someone will check in the comments, saying, yeah, you were wrong. Um, but I would guess it is less, you are less likely to be successful if you get startup investment than if you jump in with your own money. So I started, when I started my company, it was just my own money in the bank, which is about a thousand quid. I had the world's worst laptop that used to turn off every 30 seconds. Well, a slight exaggeration, about every five minutes. And it was... I had to make it work. I didn't yeah. I didn't get investment. I had an opportunity to get investment a little bit later down the line and I turned it down because I knew it wasn't the right thing for me because it, it, it would have probably just given me more problems than answers. Yeah. And I knew that because I had to make it work, I'd just find a way. And that meant me, rather than say taking 100, 200 grand on at the start, which I would have honestly just spunked up the wall, I actually had to think and figure out how to do it myself. Yeah. So. Googled everything, set up, you know, I use open source software for our learning management system. All that stuff plugged together. But if you'd have given me money, I'd have built, I'd have probably spent £100,000 building something that I got for free. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I think people get obsessed with with investment and they see the investment as success. Yeah, no, all that does is you've now done the thing that puts you to start the business. So the actual hard work starts that day. You've not finished the journey. Yeah. You're now on day one of the graft. And you've set yourself back. Yeah, of course. Because you've just given away precious equity that you can never get back. Exactly. I would always say, like, if I was starting up another business, well, I have started up other businesses, but I'm saying, like, if I was, if you, someone pushed me to say, what would your tips be to another one to start a business today? Don't give away equity. Agreed. And try, and don't take investment because you are now answerable to somebody else that hasn't got a fucking clue about what it is that you do or how your yep. business runs. They think they do, and they'll want to put their input in when it suits them. 
and they'll want their money as soon as they can get it and as quickly as they can get it. And it for for no, they don't benefit you bar giving you the money. So a really good example of that is, so I got the opportunity to get somebody in. They were going to invest their time for what that was going to be worth. Uh, they wanted grand and a half a month. They're going to spend a day a week in the business. Bear in mind, I wouldn't even pay myself anything at this point. And they also wanted 10% of the business. Yeah. And their advice to me at the time was, um, I was basically building content and releasing content monthly and charging people on a monthly basis. So subscription basis, normal model. But everyone, so the customer who joined on the first month, they were always at the front of the queue. So they were literally just getting the content we just made hot off the press. Yeah. His advice to me was I should make a year's worth of content first before I even started selling anything. Yeah, he's an idiot. Absolute bonkers. Absolute, and I was like, mate, you just do not get it clearly because I've also got to live, so I yeah. need to make some money. But from a business perspective, why would I do that? They're not going to use that content for 11 months. Yeah. So I can start just make it every month. Uh, well, that's the same model as ours. Yeah. So we basically, we launch with four um, courses. So we made training materials yeah. for like corporate you know, staff. Very similar, safety, to, yeah, cyber very, very similar sector, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, same thing, subscription-based. Um, build it once, sell it many times. Do you know what I mean? It was like a good, clever business model. But we could have made 300 courses and then launched to market with a library that might have taken us a year, a year and a half. We could have found out after a year and year and a half, doesn't, no one's fucking interested no one and no one cares. Correct. So we basically made an example of what it would be like and went to market with just four courses and then made new content every week and released it every week to our clients. And I dare say your first courses were probably rubbish. Wank compared to the last ones. Mate, uh, the one... The now first imagine if you made 300 of them. Correct. And then you find out they're all wank. Yeah. Because exactly. you're only going to get better at it, aren't you, as well? Yeah, and also, as more clients came on and you were talking to learning development managers was like the person that we used to deal with. Yeah. Um, they were like our customer in the, in the corporate business. They are experts in your field. We just provided them the tools for them to do their job better. So yep. guess what? They would actually feed back to us things that would make their job better. So what our last courses looked like and the resources that came with them and how they were presented and um, how they could be used and different variations so they could work in different people's LMSs or however was a million miles away from the first Correct. ones. But there was, it was um, like an evolution of our yep. content. Imagine if we'd made 300 of that type, we wouldn't have got anywhere near as many clients on. So that guy was an idiot. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense as well. And I've said, I've said, whenever someone comes to you and comes with an idea, for you to go forward with that idea or do something for someone or do something together, they need to be, they need to sell it to you. It needs to be win-win. And too many people speak to, you'll get it, I get it. And it can be for anything. It's all you can see the benefit for them, but it's never they never ever position it um, the benefit to you. They never put themselves in your position. So I say no to so many things now because I just think you've shown me you've not even put any effort into this or thought this through. Yeah. And if you can't even do that at the point where you're asking to do something together, what are you gonna be like if we do do something together? Do you think that's because though they're they're looking at you as someone who in their eyes is a success? Well, you know they... the answer to everything, don't you? You know the answer to every business question now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people think. Yeah. But the reality is. Like, well, it's, no. such a, it's such a niche, isn't it? So, you know, I was in online subscription training, as you were. Well, we we know that quite well. Yeah. Not even all of it, but we know that quite well. But if I'm launching a product business tomorrow, well, that's a completely different ballgame. I've got to learn how to do it, you know, in, in terms of even what I'm doing now. So as the defense works, we didn't really rely on social media yeah. particularly. It was more paid ads, and that was that worked well for us. Well, what's bad is you, we... You sponsored some of my content yep. like years ago, like yep. two years ago, which is it was mad how things have gone sort of like full circle and mm -hmm. come back to it and stuff. But yeah, so like I'd seen what you guys were doing and liked what you did and stuff like that, uh, which is mad now you're obviously doing this and you're doing GoFounder as well because you are the example of when people say to me, um, well, what is the alternative then? Who should we listen to? I would say listen to someone that's actually achieved the thing that you want to achieve. Now, if you wanted to achieve scaling an online training business, subscription-based model, we're probably someone you could you should Agreed. speak to. Yeah. yeah. If you wanted to talk, if you wanted to know about investing in stocks and shares, don't pay someone like us twelve grand a year for that advice because while we might dabble in it here and there we haven't done it to a level that I would deem successful, going back to the first thing that you said. 
but Warren Buffett has. So just go and read and look at the stuff that Warren Buffett does and try and replicate it. Yeah. Don't go to people that aren't experienced in a sector and then ask them for their advice on something they have never ever achieved themselves. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No, it doesn't. And, it, and even even if you are in the same industry, so that person I mentioned earlier who gave me that terrible advice, they were in the same sector. Same They're not industry. mates with you, are they? No. <laughs> they, they were the same sector, same industry, but not online training. So yeah. they still didn't get it. And you know, th- th- their opinion was kind of worthless, really. Well, speaking of getting it, when we came to selling our business, we... Our accountants laughed at us when we told them, and I'm talking when we told them like three or four months before we sold the business what we were wanting to sell it for. Right. They were like, it's not worth that. It's, <laughs> well, they, they thought it's worth 1.2 million. It's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's not worth that to someone that doesn't get the model Correct. or what we do. Was, so was that, I mean, this is quite frightening if it's true, was that because the accountancy didn't get the subscription model? Uh, partly that, but they couldn't see that the person that was going to buy us um, our product would complement their product and there was a cross-sell opportunity yep. and also they had a product that was far more expensive than ours so they could sell an expensive product to our existing client base and then equally they had a bigger client base as they like 3,600 customers. They could now sell our 10 grand product to 3,600 customers yep. which even if they only got a five, like 5% or 10% uptake yes going to pay because for it itself. Was, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the maddest thing was as well, which we didn't know at the time, was the people that bought our business had actually acquired a number of other businesses and they sold nine months later for $2.6 billion. Wow. So they were just going, swallow them up. What do they want? Boom, give it to them, give it to yeah. them, give it to them. Because they knew once that was all piled together, subscription-based, the multiple would be a lot higher for them as well. So we were just swallowed up, spat out and bought uh, someone else. And I think that's part of the whole success pitch that people don't necessarily talk about. So I... I'm under no illusion that I only sold my business because it was kind of the right place, right time. Yes, we'd put the work in to get there. Can't put it in a course, can you? Correct. Look, Correct. market conditions. There are so many variables outside your control. And this is what I mean. Me and you, and it sounds mad saying this, we've probably got more right to be stood on a stage at a 10x growth conference or a success resources event telling people how to grow and scale your business for a million pound exit, multi-million pound exit, whatever it might be. We are more qualified than the people on stage trying to convince people that they they know yep. what they're doing because we've actually done it. But we're smart enough, ethical enough, honest enough, whatever you want to call it, to realize that as much as you've got to have a plan, you've got to have a good product, you've got to sell it to customers and um, grow your business and stuff like that, put in the hard work, be smart with your decisions. Yes, it's not a choice between working smart, working hard, it's do both, you know, work hard at the smart stuff, all that. There's still an element of luck and honest and true entrepreneurs, business owners will acknowledge that. The Idiots don't. Correct. And you can't sell that as a tagline. You know, do this course and you might become a millionaire. Do all this if and you get loads and loads and loads of luck. Yeah. And you've got to have done all this hard work, but you might still probably fail. You're not going to sign up for yeah, that. Yeah. So you? if you do everything that this course says, you have now only got a chance of achieving that multi-million pounds. So that's all you're doing. Like that, and that's all it is. Correct. And so that that's what's interesting. So I'm starting Go Founder. So I'm building out the courses. The courses are going to walk people through the absolute basics of you know making a website, all that sort of stuff. The really tangible stuff. I don't expect loads of people will sign up, in truth, yeah. because it's there's not that instant gratification. So a lot of online co- courses will have instant gratification. You'll feel like you've achieved something, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. This will be a bit of a slog. So it's only going to appeal to those people who go, do you know what? I want to do it. I think I can do it. And I'm willing to put the effort in, and I recognize it might fail. But that's not a sexy proposition, is it? No, and you are, sh- in many ways, you're now narrowing down your your uh, appeal. But there's two ways of looking at this, I think. Number one is those that do sign up, knowing full well what they're getting themselves in for, and it's being pitched sort of realistically. Like, yeah. you you are only coming to learn the tools that gives you, that gives you a chance at being successful. Correct. And that's only two-thirds of the formula over buy this and anybody anywhere can will be successful. Well, that's what really gets on my tits. It's that idea that it can be anyone, anywhere. 
what a load of bollocks. Yeah, no, it can't. It, it can't. can't, though, can it? It no. just can't. I get it. I get it. depends it's how you define theory. that. It's a theory. It's a great theory, isn't it? Yeah, but I get like how they can go, well, he's made it and he's from... Yeah, but he he probably wasn't online looking for those types of things. But um, if you are uh, making it sound difficult, it will appeal to a group of people that are more likely to put their effort in and then it's eyes wide open. Now, if they are successful and they get the support that you're promising them that they'll get and you're not over-promising, under-delivering, it's like, this is what you get and you actually do provide them with a good service. This is just my opinion. They, if they are successful, will be the biggest advocates and the, and the biggest fans of your work and you will probably long-term do better and you can then charge more because the proof's in the pudding then. It's almost like, look, only 50 people have done this thing rather than 5 million people have done the Dan Lok course four and a half million people are fucking complaining about it because it's wank but you can go only 50 people and 35 of them have gone on now to actually start their own business and they're still in business you're looking at the conversion rates yeah, and that's far better yeah, yeah. so while short term it might damage you I know a few people that were like borderline grey area entrepreneurs a few years ago open the floodgates let's target the lowest common denominator hey have you got arms and feet you can you <laughs> yeah, can you run can a business be a millionaire. yeah yeah uh, they went from that to go do you know what i'm only going to deal now with people that are business owners with 50 grand in the bank all of a sudden their pool their pool their pond whatever that they were fishing in had niched right down but now they're charging 30 40 grand a year for their products rather than selling it for 97 grand and these people now they're taking on like 100 people a year and they are diehard super fans, and it's it's like an exclusive group now. Now I'm not saying that's the right yeah, way to no, go because that's too ex- it's too you're excluding people as well there. So it needs to yeah. be that balanced, doesn't it? Yeah, but but my point there is yeah. it's like these like what you don't get about this company here is they're not on scam report, they're not on entrepreneur True. bingo, they're not on thing. It's almost like we only look we only look for people that have got an established history and experience yeah. in business with an, a certain amount of revenue because it's easier to make a good person great than take an absolute shite person and make them good yeah like and that isn't a, the person i mean if you've got if you've only ever worked as a dinner lady your whole life that's it you rock up you do your three hours in the you know before the lunch you do an hour and a half afterwards <laughs> and then go you are not now going to make six figures yeah. in, it, it, not that's too much of a jump yeah, exactly right. that's too much of a jump and that goes back to um that won't be popular by the way people will object to that of course they even will. though it's even though of it's perfectly logical but i say this as well right if that offends you and i get this especially with a lot of my early content oh well i find that offensive people that are actually going to be successful they won't listen to me. They don't yeah. care. Yeah. They will dismiss me being negative or demotivational and go and achieve it anyway. So if that offends you, upsets you, and doesn't motivate you to prove me wrong, then you weren't that person anyway. So it actually does apply to you. Do you really think someone that is dead set has got a plan and they know what they're working towards gives a shit about me making a YouTube video saying, do you know what? The chances of you being successful is one in 500. Yeah. Um, it's actually less than that now. So... 0.9% of the world's population become a millionaire. So there's your stats. If you're in that 0.9% that's going to achieve that thing, you won't be offended by my YouTube video. If you are offended by my YouTube video and you think it upsets you, you weren't going to be successful anyway. They're too busy. Yeah. yeah no, rather I, than watching my, my I, YouTube videos. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, but also that thing's like the too big a jump. And I get a lot of criticism sometimes on my content, which is, again, it blows my mind. Well, what's the alternative then? As if like, the alternative is sign up to someone that's just bullshitting to you so you can get money for your for courses that's not very good. Or nothing. Like, they're the two options. Well, this is what I don't understand. Like, so I, I, my career path was police for nearly 10 years. Then I was a, a qualified solicitor. I do two years training. Now you said that, it. I can see the police. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's mad now you said it. It's yeah. obvious, yeah. No, that's quite offensive. Um, <laughs> and then um, studied law, qualified as a lawyer. So a, a public sector background then a very corporate background, then went into business. Now, I had no business experience then, which I always say in hindsight, I wish I hadn't have joined, uh, studied law and done that. I wish I'd gone and worked in a startup. Yeah, I thought uni was a waste of time. 
Pardon? I thought uni was a waste of time, by the way. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. Well, waste I, of four years. Yeah, so I, I kind of went when I was a bit older. Um, again, I just spent a lot of money, really. It didn't serve me any purpose. But, yeah, I think... I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I think for me, when I was looking at kind of how to get that, I had no business experience whatsoever. And I just looked to learn. And so yeah. I didn't look for a course to learn. I just learned as I went along, experience. Yeah. But fuck me, Google. Like, you can, anything you want to do, I'd never set up a platform before, any, a website before. Yeah. Did my first one myself. It was shit. Set up a learning management system myself. It was shit. But none of it cost me money, and yeah. I learned how to do it. And then when it came to doing them things properly, I had an understanding of, right, well, this is where people might rip me off because I know that took me 10 minutes on Google, and kind of learned and built the basics up. So when it came to doing those bits, every single part of that business, I knew. Well, it's the best teacher, isn't it, experience? Correct. Best form of learning is through experience. And you can read all the books you want. You can watch all, all the Grant Cardone videos you want, download videos. You can sign up to as many face, paid Facebook groups as you want. Unless you're actually going to do stuff, it's going to fail. Yeah. But you don't need to do them things. I doubt Mark Zuckerberg ever joined uh, like an online mentoring group. Yeah. yeah, I doubt he did. No, he's not in a WhatsApp group telling everyone he had an ice bath, is he? Yeah, exactly. I don't think Jeff Bezos did all those no. things. I don't think Warren Buffett did those things. So why would we now, even though we acknowledge that they are successful business people, and we want to achieve their level of success there. And when I say success there, I mean like financial, let's just say, or yep. lots of people do. Why would you now go and look for something to shortcut the, the bit that you definitely know that they do? Hard work underpins everything. And I think experience is the best form of learning. And when I get that question thrown at me, which is, what's the alternative then? Like, again, like as if that's the only alternative, um, go and work in a startup. And that's for any any kind of business. It's like, if you want to set up a business in X sector, go and work in a startup in X sector because you will learn. I would rather get paid to fucking learn and then find out two years and 30, 40, 50 grand in salary down the line. So I've been paid that, you know what? This seems not, a bit I'm too hard for me. Yet. I'm not going to bother. But now I've still got a well-paid job. You know what I mean? Or I could go and back to that corporate the life. The other thing as well is, if you go into that workplace, you probably don't need to do loads to impress. If you if you do well and you're interested, well, by you'll get taken you being under, there longer. Yeah, correct. Like you are now senior to everyone else yeah. that comes in. Yeah? And you're so, going to probably get taken under under the sort of the startup founder's wing for a start. And 100%. even you could even be offered equity or anything. So and I then, did it for six years, me. I worked yeah. in two startups six years and I was... So in, was that intentional? Um, like, did, was that an, like, did you think I'm going to go work in a startup for this reason or was it just... No, first one wasn't. Right. The first one I did two years and it wasn't. Then 100% the second one was where I actually thought, you know what? So one was um, about a year and a half down the line. So I joined after a year and a half. So they already like 10 staff or whatever. So I was like... So it was like a startup, but almost like it had been through a lot of the teething problems. Um I say funny story it's not that funny but it's brace myself uh, yeah you won't be laughing at this I've said funny you're going to be really disappointed now so um, a position a promotion came available and they hired externally yeah and I didn't know anything about it and I felt I could have done that role so it was off that happening that I went and spoke to my boss who weirdly is sort of like my unofficial mentor and it died earlier last year um, we were still friends even though I worked for him and then left and did my own thing and he would answer loads of business questions for me. Salt of the earth bloke, proper business guy, 30 odd years in business. Ask him about business, he would help you. Never asked for anything amazing. from me. Yeah, Didn't, no Facebook ads telling me he was successful. He just had a life that I looked at and thought, when I'm his age, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. So he was my mentor without actually knowing my mentor. We'd go out for meals, I'd pay for it. That was the only thing that he wanted. And he enjoyed seeing me succeed. There was absolutely nothing in it for him. But, so I went to him and said, where do you see me in two years? Because I felt I could have done that job. And he said, you make too much money for me doing mm. the thing that you do. So you're good at that thing. Almost too good. Yeah. So if I move you out of that, we'll now have someone else in your position that might not be as good at that job. And I don't think you can do the job that's next up from you. Based on what? I've never had the opportunity to. Which he got. This wasn't like a... I deserve this. Yeah, yeah. I just said, so where's... And I said, what you've got planned out for me then for the next two years is stay where I am. Just keep earning money. 
I feel like I've got more to me than that. So he said, I always thought that you had something about you more than some of the others. I hope they're not listening now. But, <laughs> right. I'm going to pay for you to do personal development with someone. Wow. So he paid for me to do personal development with someone. And then a startup advert was online. They had a one-page website. It was wank. I'd seen it and I said, I want to go and work there, brand new startup, as in no nothing. Which is very different to a 10-person. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. I said, I think I'm going to learn. He said, I think it's good for you in your learning and you're ready for this. Um, if it doesn't work out, you come back and work for me. You've got a job with me because he knew I fucking you knew a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that was it. Boom, got up and left. And I joined a startup and they basically said, we've got no customers. We don't know what we're going to be doing in the next six months. You have got free reign. This is what we do. Go and find people that are paying money for this. Um, and I just designed everything. The marketing emails. Not not on my own. Yeah, yeah. I'd never done marketing emails before. So it was like, how would I write? Well, what would I read? What would I open? Well, so I put that as a subject title. Oh, what would make me read? So I just started writing. Try that. That doesn't quite work. Tinker with that. And it was like, right, sales. We sold um, legal services to letting agents and landlords. Well, Rightmove, there's the fucking ready-made database for land, uh, for estate agents. So I get on Rightmove. I live in Warrington. So I'll just search for estate agents in yeah, Warrington. And, list like, of them. Yeah. and then before I know it, it's, I'm doing outbound. I've not got a script. Well, well this is what we do. Are you interested? Can I, can I book an appointment? So I went from only being a guy working in a startup where it was like, these are your targets. This is how you make outbound calls. That this is your that, job, and that's very different, exactly. Because that, that was a job, and the other one was yeah. like, you are fully part of that startup, and it rests on you. Exactly. Doesn't it? So I'm sat in a room now, three directors and me, and they're talking about business rates. They're talking about marketing campaigns. They're talking about you know pay per click, how much it costs, um, customer acquisition, you know average lifetime of a customer, business plans. These are things that you would not learn working for BP, Absolutely. Tesco's. Yeah. So I was sat there like a fucking sponge, age twenty four, twenty. 24, 25. So I'm now in meetings. I should never have been in there. And then a new member of staff came in. Who teaches them how to do the sales? Who teaches them how we do the marketing? Who's them? Oh, I am. So now all of a sudden, I'm the boss when the directors aren't there. And then we went from, in four years, 35 staff. We franchised the business, 13 franchisees. I would go and work with a franchisee on site because I was like the most experienced person that could yeah, answer yeah. anything because I took any call. So I was one minute pretending I was... Yeah, you've not paid your invoice. Can I sort that out? One phone in the middle. Oh, yeah, you threw to Mike in sales. How can I boom, boom, boom? So I was doing everything. But so were they. It wasn't well, that, like... That's like the perfect apprenticeship, isn't it? Exactly. And that's... I think that's the problem. People jump to... But I got paid for that as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not doing that for free. I yeah. also got paid. Yeah. Mad. You know? So you get... That, that's like going to uni, but getting paid to go to uni. But I got paid less than what I did in the job before. And that, I think that's another thing people don't see. Yeah. They go, well, I'm on 25... I'm on 30 grand a year working as an IT consultant for, you know, this corporate company wow you might have to drop down to 25 for a year but then you've got opportunity to either grow be senior you're going to be you're going to be it director I in the other business in two too, years people are too hooked up on the salary though they always want it to go up and up and up so i again similar story I, that's why one recruiters bounce from job to job and say oh look i'm uh, up and they're all they do is they get a little bump on they get a grand on the base yeah. and happy with that. they're so short-sighted it's unbelievable because in my journey obviously in the police you stay there it goes up incrementally when i left i think i was probably on like 27 28 drop down to well, I dropped down some part-time hours in the police while I was studying, so then it went down, say, 23. Then I joined at the law firm, and it went to 24. Then I qualified, it went up to nearly 40. But then I then done, yeah. gone back down to zero, because I just started my business, and I had fuck all money coming in. Well, I was on 70 grand a year at that startup, and that was after tax. Wow. So no, I was on, no, it was like four and a half grand a month after tax. That's a lot of money. Which is mad for like a 20 oh, whatever absolutely. year old lad. So it worked out like 70 grand a year, whatever. And um age 29, I just quit 10 o'clock one morning. Boom, boom. I thought I'm ready. To, I was 29 and it suddenly dawned on me. I don't think I'm ever going to be ready to set up my own business. But I thought like I would feel like it's at 39. You never, yeah. And I think that's, you're never ready, are you? And I knew. So I had, again, fake it before you make it, it's bullshit. So I had basically scaled back all my spending and I knew my expenses were two grand a month. And I decided that the day I hit 12 grand in my bank account, 
is six months worth of salary. So I'd be paying myself out my money. So I could set up my own business and have a, have a six runway. month runway where I'm not distracted. I'm not gonna make bad decisions. I'm not gonna go back and partly dabble with that as whatever. I'm going all in 100% from that day. And I just did it. I just did it. So that, I think that's a good point there because it's like that thing of, you mentioned you like looked at your outgoings basically and said, right, this is limiting him down two grand a month, right. But most people, they'll have a mortgage at that point. I did, but I, did. I, could, I could live with my missus and she could pay it. She was a teacher. Baby so on the way. I yeah, have. yeah, exactly. But I bet you didn't have a Range Rover on tick. I still had a 13 plate Ford Focus after I sold my business for yeah. 8 million quid. I've still got a Suzuki Swift. Uh, admittedly, I don't drive But that's that not much, like a badge of honor, no, no, by the way. But exactly. people would be like, you know, the, one of the first things I got when I sold the business was, aren't you going to buy yourself a car? And I was like, what? Like, you know, buy yourself like a mint car. And I said, but I only used to drive to the office. I, I, I now don't drive anywhere. So if anything, I'm less in need yeah, of a, a car, car than yeah. I've ever been before. I, I don't get it. And it's that kind of thought process that I think people don't get, you know, and that's probably why I'm the most boring person to ever sell their business. Like I, like I don't, didn't buy a what, like nothing. I dress in exactly the same names, brands that I did. And again, that's not a, oh, I'm doing it the right way. No, no. It, it's it, just, I, that is what I am. But typically I think the people who are massively motivated by the materialistic stuff, yeah, they, they're, they're going to the find ones that, success They are harder. the ones that, I think so, they are the ones that, listen, if you are spending 50% of your energy, time and effort trying to convince people you claim you don't give a fuck about on social media, but quite clearly you must do, um, that you are successful rather than using that 50% of your time of doing everything you can be and the same, that effort into being successful, I know which one is going to win that race yeah. long term. Yeah. And that is why I believe that suicide's so high in males because it's a mixture of wanting to look successful, social media, pressure they put on themselves a lot of the time, pressures from outside, that, but that's also pressure that you've contributed to. Mm -hmm. Cocaine use, probably a lot in a lot of the younger like lads that I know that get involved in business and stuff. They want everyone to think that they are some high-flying business owner when they're three months in. They're getting the Lambo, uh, not the Lambo, they're getting yeah, like the Range getting, Rover, yeah, they're, they're renting a house and all that. 500 quid car on tick when they're getting paid a grand a month. I know some that are on a grand a month and they paid it on credit card. And I hear other lads in my friendship group like, oh, he's doing so fucking well for himself. He's nearly crying to me saying, what the fuck? And I'm like, the first thing needs to go makes your car. But he's like, well, if I do that, it looks like I failed. But that's because you've created that reality. Yeah. I did in, in our business. I've probably done about 300 face-to-face -face meetings in my time as a sort of yep. working in startups, some for when I've been employed and then for, my, for myself. Interesting, when I stopped doing face-to-face -face meetings and doubled my sales, which was a mad thing that I did in 2016, I did that, and it was the maddest thing ever. I just stopped going to meetings, like, why? Tell me what I can't tell you face-to-face -face, or that I need to tell you face-to-face. -face. And it was mad. My order value increased and so did the number of sales. I, I, I just stopped doing meetings and it was mad, the, the difference it made. If you want to see me come here, no one did, bar one person, two people. One meeting, two people from the same business. And it was, um, I just wanted to see if this was true. I wanted to look you in the eyes because this doesn't seem right. So, sign up. Anyway, um, no one at any of those meetings asked me what car I turned up in that day, no. ever. No one's gone, what car? Was it an Audi A4? On finance was it a bmw like three series on finance no i drove the same ford focus to although all did, of those you, did you do what i used to do which was park it around the corner for, for a fear of being seen because i had my mum's old car so that she'd given me 500 quid banger and i used to like park it around the corner because i was scared oh did you no it was all right like it was um it looked it looked all right it didn't i mean it's fucking focus isn't it but the point was it was like but you can pretend okay because i i could have had a really flash car and go into all these meetings but it wouldn't have made it wouldn't have made my business any more valuable when I sold it. No. If anything, it'd put more pressure on me to do things differently, quicker, and yeah. I'd have failed. Some pressure is good though. Of course. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But that's where the whole thing we go back to the point that we made about investment, not having investors and knowing that I have to close this meeting while I'm here to make sure I pay myself at the end of the month is the biggest motivator ever. Well, and there's no way I could take 100 grand of investment from somebody and then be driving around 
in a 500 quid a month car or something. But just, a lot of these wankers do, though. That's the mad thing. It's criminal. Like it's, yeah, of course it is. It's absolutely bonkers. But that's the difference between those that are going to look good and burn out, you know, burn brightly, burn out quickly, or whatever the saying is. Probably not even that, but, um, you know, what is it? Twice as bright, half as long? There's there's a quote in there somewhere. Yeah. So, obviously, Mike, when you had that big moment of selling the business, that's deemed the, the success moment. Done it, yeah. Been there, done it, smashed it, got the T-shirt. But did that... Has that changed you? Has it changed people's perceptions of you? How you interact with people? Uh, 100%, yeah. Um, people say, oh, money wouldn't change me. That's something that people that you know don't have money would say. It's easy to say what you wouldn't do uh, when you're not in that situation. I found myself changing because the way other people spoke and treated me was different. And then normal conversations would... I couldn't get into him in the same way. And it was over stupid things. So I felt I was second guessing just normal conversations. That if they'd happened six months earlier, um, would have been fine. Perfect example of this was, well, all of a sudden I knew the answer to every business question known to man. Yeah. And it would be nonstop. And it's like, stop. Like, please just stop talking about these things. I don't know the answer to every single business problem. But people suddenly think that you do. People suddenly think that they want you to give them a strong ironclad thing that they can do that would make them successful like what's the one thing I can invest in that will make me X you know how can I become a millionaire in six months it's like if you're asking these questions you're probably not going to get not going to achieve these things because you are only as good as the questions you ask um, and you are the content you consume so if you are searching shit questions you are getting shit answers to the wrong questions and I was getting bombarded with this so it annoyed me a little bit Fine, all right at first, but when it's non-stop and then they don't go and do any of the things that you do talk about and they want to ask more questions later on and they've not managed to do the first things, it'd get frustrating. But I changed in a number of ways. First one was, so I'd be walking to school on the school run. Obviously, I didn't go to work anymore. I wasn't allowed to, I signed a non-compete for two years. So I didn't know what I wanted to do, but devil makes work for idle hands doesn't it so i knew that if i had to do something so i was applying for jobs two weeks later really yeah in estate agents and stuff because i wanted to learn about property so instead of paying a guru 12 grand to tell me why not just go and fucking work in an estate agent and learn it from the inside that will be a surprise to a lot of people won't it because you didn't need to do that but your motivation there was purely to learn but yeah learning so even though i would only earn like a lot less than what i had in the bank i'd bank that money that yeah, was yeah. almost like, this is just my salary I'm owed over the next 15 years. So why don't I use the next 15 years to learn stuff and still make a little bit of money on the way anyway? Yeah. Learn stuff that would benefit me long term. So property investing. I could go and sign up to someone's course, be missold all the way through a process and not actually be any closer to achieving anything yeah. in property. Or go and work in a, an estate agent. So when a landlord would phone me up, I would listen to his problems firsthand. He wanted to sell his property. I was in a prime position to well, I'll buy that. The numbers stack up there. Like, you know, and I was around people that did it every day. So that was my thought process. Weirdly, no estate agent in Warrington would employ me because they had known what I had done. Yeah. Most of them. And they felt like, what's the catch here? Why do you want to come and work for us? And also, they didn't have me by the balls. Yeah, because you could turn around at any moment and just and say, say oh, I'm actually, I'm, yeah. yeah. If you speak to me like that, now I'm off. Yeah. So I couldn't get a job even though I was saying, I even said this to one um, estate agent, I will work for free, just pay me commission on the actual sales and business that I generate you. We will set that up so it is risk-free, but pay me on the money I generate the business. And they still wouldn't. But I think it's probably intimidating to a business owner yeah. where they think, I've got a lad here now sat up being my lettings manager who's got more money than I have than we have yeah Yeah. but again but now no no but this goes now back to that point I was making about this is why you start changing Mm. in my head that's why they're not taking me on it might have been any reason you might not have enough fucking job I thought you were a knob (laughs) yeah but do you see what I mean so now you're thinking oh it's probably this it might not be that thing so I'm second guessing why he's not taking me on you know um, so I'm, so I'd be like walking the kids to school, and my neighbour would say, "Fucking, I won't believe what's happened. The boiler's broke. Got a qu- guy's come round. He's quoted me eight hundred quid for the boiler to be fixed. Absolute nightmare." And you're like, "Oh shit, mate, that's a wounder." 
you've not got a boiler cover. No, no, what are you going to do? Oh, well, I'll just take a loan or something. That is a conversation you might have Perfectly with any of your dads yeah, on the yeah. playground, whatever. Yeah. Fucking ball because my car's broke, the, you know, um, Catholic converters broke. Whatever it might be, normal conversations. But then I'm there thinking, ah, oh, shit, he knows I sold the business, I've got that money. I could give him that money and lend it to him. Is he asking me? No, he's not asking me. He's just telling me, no, no if we had had this conversation a few weeks ago, this is sound. Then I'm thinking, was he asking me and I'm not taking the hint now? Yeah, so then, we, so now do I look like a tight ass? rude almost? By yeah. But then it's almost like, but wait there, I don't want to offer him the money like, for, for no reason. Like, that's not, I've not won the lottery. It's not like I've won the lottery and I've got money that I didn't deserve. I took a calculated risk, didn't pay myself for a year, did all the right things for two and a half years, grew scale. I did six years of working in a startup to put me in that position and I sold the business. Why would I be handing over essentially my wage? You weren't giving me £100 a month when, yeah. you know what I mean? That's a good way of looking at it. But I sound like a dick saying this, but this is, I don't think people think of it when you sell your business as that. You are just getting wages. You are, yeah, you are. For the rest you of your life. If you're 30 and you get given two million quid, it's not, that's two million quid for the rest of your life. So think you've now got to go to 65. So that might, might only be, I'm, I'm not, I've not done the numbers on this example, but that might only be, so now I've got 20 grand a year for the next 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. That's not get rich or, you know, that's not, you're not a millionaire, yeah. really. Do you know what I mean? So people don't get that. You can't live off the interest on a million quid, two million quid. Like you still have to work yeah. if you're in your so it, 30s. So it's not, this is it. I think it's important. That This is not a complaint of having done no done that got the money but it's no. it's just it's the misconception people other people have had well, about what people that brings. don't talk about that so it's like you've you and i have now got a pressure of you've got to be quite sensible with that and you've got to be quite yeah. wise with that but it's also a that's something else completely to learn about yeah that you've well, never yeah, had to so, deal with because like, well, well we're not financially literate, are we? you know yeah. working class lads and stuff right so you kind of know you need to invest in property. You yeah. kind of know stocks and shares and stuff like that. But that's sensible stuff. But then you've got everybody out there that sees you as a fucking cash cow now. Everyone do you wants reckon you. they do? I'm talking about... No, not... I'm talking about, like, in that world. So you've okay, got now... yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. The, yeah, yeah. Your financial me- advisors. Yeah, the financial advisors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I can get them to do this. Where No, you just want the real commission and you're selling me fucking fantasy numbers that might happen. Correct. But you want... You're getting real money out now. People that now know, ah, oh, do you want to invest in my business? You didn't give a fuck a while ago, but now I'm a cash cow, so you're, you're coming to me with deals like, well, if you just put in 50 grand and do 50 hours a week and I need 20 grand payment for my part of the deal, they were real offers that I was getting made. Again, that whole win-win thing doesn't make sense. So you start thinking like everyone wants, when I say everyone, I don't mean, you still get your close family and friends, but again, yeah. you will see some changes with some of them, by the way. Right, it's interesting for me because it's been a year of lockdown since I sold. So I, I sold a business in lockdown. You've in a weird way been cocooned from that. in a bubble. So I've not, yeah. you know, I've, as daft as it sounds, I've not been to the pub with my mates yet and maybe experienced that. And, and my close mates, it won't be a problem, but there's other mates where it might be a bit weird. Yeah, and some people weirdly now th- believe that they're entitled to some of your windfall by virtue of they have known you or met you before. Mad. <laughs> I had someone saying to me, are you going to sort me out with some money? Really? Yeah. And I was like, why? <laughs> and they went, well, and they give me the reason. And I went, just out of interest, how much do you think I should be sorting you out? Like, what's, yeah, what's, like, well, a, what's a good number? Well, I, I went, so I said, humor me, 500 quid? I went, 500 quid, you sold your business for this, I should get at least 10 grand. I was like, what for? Well, I... I, I whether I should or I should, I don't know. But I've never publicly said the amount I've sold my fire. It's a seven-figure sum. I wish I never but did. Yeah. But I felt drawn out because with the content I was making, people were like, what the fuck have you ever done? Like, you're calling people out. Yeah. I, I wasn't calling people like, No, but I know what you mean. You, you were, you're you putting yourself out there for a bit yeah, of abuse. But, but like, so you've never achieved anything. And, and the biggest thing was like, you're just jealous that they've Correct. achieved something. When yeah. I was thinking, I've achieved the thing that they're pretending they've achieved. So I ended up saying it almost like stupidly. This is my authority on it. I've done the thing and I'm still telling you don't fall for it. It's not that easy. Yeah. I, like my story's a unicorn, really. 
to do it in two and a half yeah. years, no all, investment. Yeah, exactly. They They're are. selling the unicorn to yeah. you, and then you start having a distorted reality that this is normal. No. And even people listening to this podcast, I think the fact there's two of us sat here who've both had zero investment and sold for whatever millions, that's extremely unusual as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know anyone else who's done it in a short amount of time, similarly to me. But the maddest thing was, we didn't know each other before. So it's not right. like... No, so, no, so we've only found ourselves because we've got a similar kind of journey and similarities yeah. and a similar kind of idea and ethos on how you do achieve these things. So weirdly, and um, that's why I was making content in that time where I sold the business. I did it because I would have gone mental if I didn't. Yeah. Because I was just on my own. I didn't know what to do with my money. Um, and I wanted to do some traditional investing stuff. And I just thought, why don't I make some content that is, so you've sold your business, what next, yeah. basically? I couldn't find anyone that I trusted out there because I felt that they had an angle. They were trying to make you buy something from them. Or they were saying everything was a scam and don't believe anyone. And it was like, well, you might fall into that lazy, not savvy, no business experience group of people. And I thought the truth will probably lie in the middle. So I'll just do it myself and make the content. And if people want to watch it, watch it. If they don't, they don't. The actual process of making the content was to keep me sane. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I think because that, that's another misconception is that the day you sell, you're just going to stop work forever and go yeah, sell no, a beach. That. But if you think that, by the way, if you think, oh, if I had if I had two million in my back pocket, that's me done. Because you've got that mindset is why you won't ever have that two million in your pocket. In my head, I thought... Musk's there banging out a new business a great. week after he's, yeah. and he's selling it for I thought, millions and millions. I thought I'd probably I'd have a bit of time just to chill out and sit and play my PlayStation, my pants. But I didn't. You just, you can't sit still, yeah. really. Because like you say, you wouldn't have got there in the first place. There's no, only so much Babe Station you can watch during the day, <laughs> isn't there? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Don't tell the missus. But yeah, do you, do you find it ever awkward having achieved what you've achieved? <sighs> or do you not, are you past caring now? It's not even like, as soon as it happened, I'd forgotten about it. I was applying for jobs two weeks later. Like, it was just a thing I did, and I never saw it as being special or unique or interesting. That was my plan. I didn't I didn't have any social media before, until after I sold the business. Bar yeah. LinkedIn, that was the only thing I had. I wasn't on Instagram, wasn't no, on Facebook, wasn't anything, none of these things. I didn't know who Grant Cardone was. I didn't know who Gary Vaynerchuk was. I didn't know any of this bullshit existed. I was too busy working on the plan I was convinced would work and that was it I would go home go to work go home go to yeah, work was a flash exactly. thing. and then I achieved the thing and I didn't even realise this is such a big thing I remember being at a house party before I sold I remember it now 19th of December and a lad who I'm not friends with now he was one of the friends that he loved it when I was saying, oh, fucking business is hard. I might not be able to close doors in the early mm, years. But I remember him when he got to 19th of June, the house party was at my house. And I lived in a three-bed semi, still got a three-bed semi. And it was, um, I had that the whole time. Even when I was paying myself a decent whack, I still stayed in the same house because I didn't need to increase my expenses. Yep. Why? Correct. No one gives a fuck where I lived. So, and I said, I think I've reached a tipping point here. I think it's now harder for me to fuck this up than achieve the thing I think I'm going to achieve. Like, I'd done the hard bit. Yep. And at times during that, I wanted to quit. quit. It was yeah, absolutely. Some, Probably close at some points, I'm sure. But Yeah. Like, I've passed the tipping point now. I said, if this doesn't, I actually said sell for 10 million on a set date. If this doesn't sell for 10 million on this date, I'm going to be annoyed at myself because... I've done the hard work now. So this is now inevitable. I'm going to achieve this thing. And then obviously I sold the business. I sold the business like six months later, um, 2nd of June, I sold it. He was annoyed because he was like the most successful in our group. Just a ego, isn't it? But in a completely different field. Yeah. And when a lot of our friends were happy and wanted to come around the house when you could go around people's houses and stuff. They'd bring a bottle of champagne. We had basically like a two-day barbecue at our house. Drinks and all sorts. But it was like different friends were coming at different times. It was like non-stop. Yep. It was mad. And then um, he was the one that like, wasn't happy, blah, 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 blah. And then the next time I saw him, I didn't see him for like five months. And he went, oh, I heard you sold your business. Bearing in mind, we used to see each other all the time. Like, even come around my house at Christmas and that. It's like, bet the tax is a wounder though, isn't it? And it, like, it was that. So when you go back to did 
people change towards you? Yes, 100%. Some people are happy for you. Some people you think would be happy for you will not be happy for you. You start second-guessing other people. Normal conversations that would have been a normal conversation, you start thinking, are they asking for money? Are they not asking for money? Even and now I'm a bad person. Head, yeah. Now I'm a bad person because I think he's asking for money. So you can't help but change as much as anyone listening to this that thinks, I wouldn't feel sad or depressed if I had all that money. Bullshit. If you've got that in you now, it's just amplified. When you've got time on your hands and money on your hands, I won't change it. Money won't change me. Yes, it 100% would. You've just not been in that position to actually experience it. So you're not talking from a position of experience. Everything changes, yet nothing changes, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to try and articulate that to someone. Your and, pressure's switched, don't they? Yeah. And now, I still think about this pot of money that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller every day, and I've not ever managed to replace the income I earn, and this goes back to that whole no business, um, no bullshit business advice. All these passive income things that I do, all this investing things that I do, all these things that tell me work four hours a week and you can do these things, none of them get anywhere near the amount of money or consistent stream of money into my life than having your own business that you work in hard, doing the right things, show up, grind. That blows all of this bullshit out of the water. Mm. And that's why this stuff doesn't exist in the way that it's been packaged up by clever marketing people online to sell to you for a few quid. It doesn't exist. And I know there'll be some people out there saying, but what about, but they are a unicorn and you are not them people because they didn't achieve that by doing the thing that they are selling to you. Yeah, that's the biggest And we danger. have gone full circle. We have. Yeah, but so that's, that's it. So has money changed me? Yes. Has it changed me for the worse? No. Has it changed me for the better? No. It's made me slightly more cynical and slightly more insular. Um, but I think as you get older, your circle naturally becomes smaller anyway. Yeah. Because you put up with less bullshit, don't you? You do, and you care less what people think. Yeah, and also as well, when you're in a telesales team, if you just look for your natural career or in the police, in your example, you're one of ten, and then you become like the top performer on your team. And then you're like, you get moved to another team or you become team leader. So now you've gone from being one of the boys to kind of one of the boys, but you got need a bit more responsible. Then you get picked up again and now you're running the call center. Now you can't be talking about fingering Jenny at the Christmas do because you get in trouble for it. So you change how you are through life anyway. And you earn more money as you go through life anyway. So we all change as we go through life. Is it the money? Is it age? Is it responsibility? But you naturally end up with, at the end, it's just you and the closest three or four people that you're either married to, have kids with, and maybe one or two ride or die mates you've had for most of your life. That's what it ends up with. But you have lots of people through life that you meet. And I don't think that's because of the money. Yep. I just think that's life. And to wrap it up then, Mike, if you were, for people who are seeking that success in terms of they may be in a job and they do want to start their own journey. Yeah. What's that one piece of advice you'd give them to, to give them the best chance of it? 100% go and work in a startup I business. I completely agree. And just do two years. Think of it as an apprenticeship, a paid for apprenticeship where you will get so much value that even if you decide it isn't for me, you will be further along in your career compared to being part of a corporate structure. 100%. So you can't lose, even if, and this is one um, criticism I've had when I've given this advice before is, what if that start a business fails? Well, great, that's the fucking best learning and you'll ever get. And I think- Because you can always get that job back. And also don't be fooled into joining a startup which has been going five years and had a million pound yeah, investment. No, that's not startup. a startup, yeah. yeah. Early, early, startup, early startup, ideally less than 10 people. Yeah. So you are involved in conversations and experiences that you would yeah. never get elsewhere. The earlier, the better, I think. 100%. And it's riskier in, in the sense that, well, it's got a, a, a higher chance of failing, yep. but it's actually better for your learning. So the later you leave it and the more secure you perceive that business to be. And also as well, especially nowadays, Debenhams is fucking closed. Yeah. You know, There's Woolworths no such thing as closed. security like, anyway, really, is you there? Know, 
what are the businesses that seem to be doing well now? Like we've actually doubled our floor space during lockdown. We've actually increased our staff numbers during lockdown. Like it's probably safer to work in a company that can make decisions quickly and are agile and they can do a pivot for yeah. want of a better word during this time, as well as learning, than handing over 10 grand to Dan Locke, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, that don't give a fuck if you're successful. In a startup, if you come work for me in a startup now, I 100% want you to succeed, because it means I do, yeah. and I will pay you to succeed too. None of these gurus can offer you that. They're not asked. They're one size fits all. They just want your money as easy as possible. So my one, my one piece of advice is, you know what to do. You know who to listen to. If someone's spending half of their ad spend on trying to convince you that they are successful and they are a stranger that's going to benefit you, swerve them. Go work in a startup. Get paid to learn. Best apprenticeship you can ask for. That's Mike Winnett. Now founder at IM Productions and the Contrepreneur series on YouTube, which I strongly recommend you take a look at. To anyone listening to this who's actively seeking their own success, whatever it might be, the answer probably isn't in a course of some guy who's making a living selling courses. Go and get some experience and build your knowledge. Learn from people who've actually been there and done it. It won't happen overnight. It never happens overnight. You need hard work, talent, and something both Mike and I agree on, you even need a fair amount of luck. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also find out more about how we're helping businesses get started without the bullshit over at gofounder.com. A special thanks to Mike Winnett and to you for listening to Business Knobs from GoFounder.